Welcome back to The Good Play, a podcast about um, the thing that wrecked my entire soul known as NBC's The Good Place. My name is Brianna. (laughs) And with me on the line, she just played the perfect game of Madden. It's my sister, Marissa. So now I can die. (laughs) Can Uh, I? All right. No, 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 no. (laughs) No. Everybody, hold up. Okay. I almost died of crying last night. <laughs> yeah, it was like this and the Pixar movie Coco. <laughs> oh my god. I Both about the afterlife. Ugly sobbing on like sobbing on my couch, like gasping for air, trying to get all the tears out, right? And I'm gonna I just I'm warning the listeners right now. I'm going to cry intermittently as I'm taping this episode. It's going to be a little. It's going to be a little awkward. Everyone's just going to have to put up with it. Like, and then I tried to go to bed, and I was just lying in bed, like, and then Eleanor, <laughs> and then I would go to sleep for a little while, and then I would wake up thinking about the episode and cry some more, and then this morning. I was, uh, I was like, I woke up, you know, my alarm, actually I didn't, no, I didn't even have to wait for my alarm to go off because I had, I'd slept so poorly because of this episode that I just was up. I was just up already at like 5.45 or something. And I got out of bed and I was, you know, I took a shower and I was like, I have to get my kids up, you know, and they're always so rough in the morning. And like this one time, both my kids were like already awake and like were so, and I, and I'm just like, gotta hold it together, Marissa, gotta hold it together. And... (laughs) My kids are like, mommy, mommy, like, good morning. And I'm like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> and and my life with you is so transient. <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> I... <laughs> So this is real. I'm crying now. <laughs> I can tell. No. <laughs> do you want me to do the recap then? So Maybe. You can cry? Okay, I'll do the recap. <laughs> but I can my... you explain how we're? Sp- oh no. But okay. Yeah, you can explain how we're splitting the episode up after you give us your crying experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, so I watched this uh, with uh, friend of the pod and stalwart. Uh, friend and listener Kate and um we were watching in her apartment and I started crying and she just without a word like walks into the other room comes back (laughs) with a thing of tissues for me I'm like thank you (laughs) but then I had kind of the like childless city dwelling version of what you were talking about with like our you know life is beautiful and transient we're all gonna die is I was uh I I left Kate's apartment and I was on my way back to my apartment and for those of you who know Brooklyn at all there is a, a station called Atlantic Terminal which is kind of a big interchange so there are lots of it's people It's where it's where going. the Brooklyn basketball team plays isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The Nets. And uh, so it's this big interchange and there's lots of people coming and going kind of at all hours and this was around 10:30 because there was a, a little bit of an after show which also broke me in half. 
And I'm just, like, going through... And normally I'm just like, ugh, all these people and, like, blah. And (laughs) I'm walking through and, like, I'm seeing people, like, with their friends, like, enjoying each other's company. And I'm seeing, like, musicians busking and, like, people, you know, kids are out together. And, like, people just kind of, like, being polite to each other coming and going. And I was just like, I was like... Our lives are so beautiful, and yes. this is we get we get to be on this earth together for such a short time. <laughs> yes, I was like, life I, is precious. I'm just like, I'm like, normally I'm just like, oh god, I have to run to catch my train, get out of my way. And then last <laughs> night I was like, I was like, isn't it, isn't it a beautiful gift that we all get to intersect for these brief moments in time? <laughs> it is though. Ah. Uh. <laughs> All right, uh, so we're going to split up these episodes, because it was, this episode was, uh, it was enormous. It was almost like a solid hour, not counting commercials, and there's just too much to talk about, and, you know, the time it takes me to edit an episode is actually, I mean, it's, it's like a... It's 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 a linear function of how long the episode is, and, and so it's tough for me to edit an episode that's, like, really, really, really long. So yeah. we're going to try to cap this at, like, 60 to 90 minutes, and then we'll do another show next week that's probably also 60 to 90 minutes. And we're going to split the focus of the two episodes based on, you know, we have six primary characters. Three of them, as I say, went into the West, right? <laughs> There's th- three of them went through the door. Yeah, chose the door. And three of them did not. So this week, we will focus on the three who went through the door. Next week, we will focus on the three who didn't. This week is going to involve a lot more tears. <laughs> I don't because... know, though. Because <laughs> Janet, oh, Janet, her trajectory, also, like, every single character has something, like, totally bittersweet and lovely. Yes. But I think this one, given how much real estate on this podcast we've given to Chelinor, I think this yeah. one is- we're gonna be crying a lot but we'll give the whole i mean i think brianna's gonna do the whole recap this episode right Bri? oh uh yeah i can and then... i think i think you can i think we could you can do it in the same amount of time it would take to do a normal recap because there's just less like frenetic back and forth right it's a lot it's a sl- in some ways it's a slower episode right there's more sort of more lingering shots and like sort of deep conversations than yeah. like than people going hither thither and yon. Right. No. So so yeah, maybe we'll try for the whole recap this episode, but then the discussion is going to center on Jason, Cheedy, and Eleanor, and then next week we will next week we'll center discussion on Michael, Janet, and Tahani. Okay. And we have some listener feedback, and we'll try to weave it into. Whichever episode feels more appropriate. Okay. Sounds good. I would I would do the housekeeping, but like, you know, we're we're towards the end here, folks. Well, we're not gonna stop recording altogether. Okay. <laughs> You're acting like we have never discussed this before. I mean we have, but we haven't come to a conclusion, so I don't know. <laughs> well you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and at goodplay.cast.rocks. I mean, rate and review us, but if you, I would actually love to see review rates and reviews based on these upcoming two episodes, like this one and the next one. It's just like it's just ninety minutes of sobbing. It's kind of avant garde listening, actually. You can also follow and like us on Facebook. We have a group called The Good Play, which is getting some good chatter from people at uh, on Twitter at The Good Play Pod. 
where Marissa was just uh, tweeting at uh, Mike Schur and being like, this how you do me. <laughs> um, <laughs> he never replies, and I feel like I'm being ignored. <laughs> he probably just mutes his mentions, like, wouldn't you, if you were the creator of this show? And then um, you can send us an email. Oh, we have a new review as of today. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. We'll read that, too. All right. So, like we said, splitting this into two. So I am going to tackle the recap. And, you know, I think we like Marissa said, I think we can get through it. But I kind of want to focus more on the people who chose the door. But I will give it a go. So we start off with Michael and he's in his office and he's like, okay, you know, take a hundred or 803. Like, I think I've got it this time. And it's reminiscent of the season two opener. And what he's really doing is uh, strumming badly uh, an acoustic guitar and singing <laughs> about a groovy wave of love, <laughs> like a purple <laughs> haze of, of something. And he's like, I've almost got it. And then he and Janet uh, go into this meeting with something called the Afterlife Council, which is Sean and Vicky and Judge Jen and Cheaty's on it as well. And Michael and Janet. And they are all kind of just like giving a status update on like what's going on in the afterlife. And Sean is still, you know, being Sean. But, you know, he can he's kind of come around And there have been some, you know, new additions and everything, like the where's the beef lady. (laughs) These are people who have made it through the testing place into the good place. Yes, made it through the testing place. And, and, you know, we talked about this last time, but we see a ton of time jumps in this episode. And it doesn't feel like that necessarily, because obviously time moves in a Jeremy Baramy fashion. So like, and they're all dead. So like, nobody's aging. You can't really tell it's a different time, but there are card title cards that come up. So over 2,000 Jeremy Barabies later, Janet and Jason are in bed together, which is so sweet, at a stupid Nick's Wing dump, which is hilarious. <laughs> and Jason's like, all right, I'm going to go hang out with my dad for a while. I'll see ya. And he and his dad, who we've met before, uh, Donkey Doug. <laughs> so Donkey Doug, like, made it through the, you know... He improved. He made it through the system. Well, he just, I mean, he wasn't malicious. He was just dumb. Like he Jason. He was a ding dong. Yeah, exactly. So he and his dad play basically the perfect game of Madden with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they're in this huge stadium and everybody is like, yay. Woo, they're all like cheering. And Jason kind of stands up and something's different for him. And he goes back to Stupid Nick's and he calls Janet for dinner and he has made dinner and she knows something is up. And she says, oh, dip. And this is the first time I started tearing up. (laughs) (laughs) And because she knows him so well, you know, she gathers, they gather everybody together and he says that he's ready to walk through the door. And I was, I was not ready for this episode to like, three minutes in be like and we're like losing our first character oh me neither me neither absolutely not i i I thought for sure that it was gonna be like we were gonna get like a half an hour of everybody being happy and the second half an hour was gonna be like they start to make their decisions no right no it is just it this this episode almost is more functionally an epilogue than it is like a really like a last episode because it is just so much like 
And this is how all of them either die or choose not to die. <laughs> it's very... I've, I heard... I saw people on Twitter um, uh, compare it to Six Feet Under. Yeah, I never really watched that. I didn't either, but I know that it ends with each of... You get to see how each of the main characters dies. Oh, that's cheery. Well, because it's a show about a funeral home. Yeah, but... And oh. it starts with, like, how... Like, a person dying. And so, at the end, you get to see how all the people die. But yeah, I was not ready for this. And the cockroaches aren't ready for it either. They're sort of like, oh my gosh, oh, okay. And so Janet puts on a farewell party for him. And Jason is the DJ and everyone's like going crazy. And uh, Dance Dance Resolution is there. And Cheedy and Eleanor and Jason kind of have like a quiet moment together. And Cheedy asks him, like, how did you know it was time to go? And Jason says... Yeah. He just had a really calm feeling. And he says something like, the air yeah. in my lungs was the same as the air around me. And then, of course, he says, you know how when you bite into a jalapeno popper and you think it's going to be really hot, but it's the perfect temperature. And Eleanor goes like, I do know that feeling. And it gave yes. me such a twinge because, like, the two of them has have this, like, of the Venn diagram of the four humans, like... Eleanor and Jason have, like, the most dirtbag overlap, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so it is kind of, like, it's it's obviously tough for her. I mean, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. It's obviously very, very difficult for her when Cheedy decides to leave. But it is, like, it's also difficult for her, I'm sure, when, when Jason decides to leave, too. Because the two of them have had such a long history and, and have this overlap. So... Jason, this killed me. Jason is worried that Janet is going to forget him. So he makes Janet a J plus J necklace. And they're all like, she won't forget you. But he's like, but, you know. She's not physically capable of forgetting you. (laughs) Right. And they, the two of them, Janet and Jason. So Janet's kind of like the ferryman on the River Six (laughs) in this episode. But only for them. Yes. Only yes. for her friends, not for anybody else. Yeah. And she brings him to this grove of trees that's very peaceful. They're and... redwoods? I think they're like, it's like Northern California, I yeah, want to say. the redwoods. And there's this kind of archway. And uh, she's like, you can stay here as long as you want. And then, you know, go through whenever you're ready. And he's upset because he he looks in his pocket and he's like, oh no, I made this necklace for you i don't want you to forget me but i lost it uh you know like he's he kind of starts getting upset and she's like i don't experience time the same way you do and whenever i remember you it's like we're together and so you know don't worry about it and they kiss and jason goes and sits on a bench nearby and then we kind of cut away and so we don't actually see him go through the door right should i keep going chronologically or jump to where he chronologically i guess yeah so he's effectively gone uh jason is gone at this point and we go we jump another 300 or so jeremy baramis and tahani i mean you remember we talked a few episodes ago about tahani having the idea to like i really want to do something practical i want to learn how to weld right so turns out in the afterlife now she has this whole long list of all these things that she wants to be able to do. 
and she's mastered woodworking. We we our intro to her is like she's in a pair of overalls, and Nick Offerman is like yes. giving her compliments on her. Oh, there's a skills. lot of people who are currently alive in the year 2020 who are dead in this episode. So you have well, to it's assume been a thousandy Jeremy Barabies, right? But so... it hasn't been a thousand like years on Earth, right? I mean, like it's it's not it's non-linear time. A Jeremy right. Barami does not actually correspond. I mean, if you think about, remember how Mindy, they were arguing Mindy's case for however many hundreds of years, but it's still, you know, it, 30, it still was only, years. right, it's only yeah. still about 30 years. So it doesn't actually correspond to outside time, but they have killed off a ton of people. <laughs> so like, real world time seems to have moved forward like at least 50 years yeah. Given all of the young people who are now dead in this episode? Yeah, I believe that. I believe that. And yeah. so Nick Offerman is like, "You're this is the most perfect chair I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, she's like, oh, great. Check that off the list. Check that off the list. And you can tell she's kind of like nearing the end of her list. And I start going, oh, God. Oh, God. I have to think about her, too. <laughs> And Janet comes in and says, remember that thing that you asked me to tell you when it happened? It happened. And the thing is that her parents have made it through the system. And she's really nervous. She's planning, like, a lunch for them. And it's actually really nice to see her and Camilla, like, getting along very sisterly. And Camilla's there. So she has also died and gone through the system. Right, which is why I said, like, it's got, it's like 50 years in the, in, like, our future. And Camilla says, you know, like, whatever happens, we'll get through it together. And her, their parents come in and just are like, we love you so much and we're so sorry. And, like, we're, you know, we're going to spend eternity being sorry for how we treated you and we want to make it up to you. I wonder uh, if they went through together. I mean, they, co- they come into the good place together. I wonder if they went through the tests together. I wonder, because, like, so much of their life was spent together that I wonder if that just makes sense. But in any case, they arrive together and, you know, have really, like, you know, uh, uh, countless meaningful days with their kids. I mean, just, like, they get to have sort of... We see them, like, watching movies together and going to the park together and eating meals and just, like, having, you know, real quality time together and at the end of that, Tahani is like, I think I'm ready to go because really the, the last thing on my list was having a, you know, a, one meaningful day with my parents and I've had plenty. And, you know, I've already talked to my parents about it and Camilla knows, but I wanted to tell all of you. So she's got the cockroaches minus Jason together to tell them. And at some point, um, John... <laughs> runs in for a yes. little cameo. Everybody who's ever been on the show, I think, makes an appearance in this episode. With the exception of Eleanor's mom, because I heard there was a scheduling conflict with her. Oh, that's too bad. So they make mention of her, but they really wanted her on the show. They just couldn't swing it. But yeah, so he runs in and he's like, I just got with Alexander the Great. Alexander the Fine, whatever. Like, it's sort of a funny... That's a, by the way, that's a joke from Clone High. Clone High, Catherine the Great, or should I say Catherine the So-So? Yes. So, but anyway, she, in the middle of her goodbye party, realizes, like, well, I don't want to stay here, but I also don't want to go through the door. And Michael's like, well, there's not really a third option. Oh, this is something I I should circle back for a second. In the meeting of the Afterlife Council, one of the things that Michael says is, like, we don't have enough trained architects. Like, we don't have enough quality architects. And 
Vicky, who's running the train pro- training program, is like, well, I can't teach these people to act any faster. Because it's architects and actors. Like, they need more participants for the trainings. Right. These people don't understand that acting is pre-acting, and pre-acting is just being. And the right. judge is like, slow down, Daniel Day-Lewis. Exactly. So, so when Tahani is like, well, I don't, I've done everything I want to do in the afterlife, but I don't really want to walk through the door. And Michael's like, well, there's not a third option. And she's like, well, there kind of is. Like, you need architects. Let me come be an architect. And so he does. Like, he he brings her to the architect's office. and He resisted for a hot minute. And then she's like, basically, one of the themes through this episode is that to some degree, the cockroaches get a bit of special dispensation because they did save the entire human race. Yes, yes. And so, and yeah, she does say like, don't make me speak to your manager. It's very cute. (laughs) And she goes to the architect's office and she meets up with Glenn and it's very, it's like a nice reunion. And she is just determined to start from the bottom and work her way up and really earn her place there, which is something that she's never really had to do. And so, and Michael gives her a bow tie that's like a peacock feather because she's wearing this beautiful teal uh, suit and right, and obviously like, it's a an NBC reference as well. Oh, yeah. And it's just a lovely, it's just like a lovely little scene between the two of them. And he says, he says to her, I loved this. He says to her, when you're a big deal around here, I hope you don't mind if I say that I know you. And she says, well, name dropping's a little gauche, but do what you must. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so that's Tahani. And so we'll talk about her more next week. Meanwhile, let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. Uh, oh boy. Chidi, yeah. This is not good. Chidi and Eleanor. Chidi and Eleanor are, you know, still enjoying the afterlife together. And this is like you know, many, this is like thousands of Jeremy Baramies. Yes. We, we, after we've, the last episode. Right. And we've even jumped ahead from when Dahani becomes an architect. And so she's effectively gone. Michael's still there. Jason's gone. Janet's still there. And the two of them are enjoying their afterlife together. And they go out to dinner with a bunch of their friends. So it's Uzo and Simone and a, and a dress bitch and their other friend. And they've all kind of gone through the system and they can all be together. And Eleanor and Chidi kind of are sharing a drink afterwards and talk about their moms and, you know, and Eleanor can tell the way that Chidi is talking that, like, he he might be getting ready to, to go. And Eleanor freaks out, understandably, and goes to Michael and Janet, you know. So their, their house, their old, like, nightmare clown house that is from the original neighborhood that is where they live now, has a green door in it. Yeah. So Eleanor can pop through that green door to wherever she wants. And so she will just walk through it to Michael's office or to, you know, as Brianna's about to explain other places she goes. But it's like a neat trick. Yeah. That it's just like, you know, just the magic door and just goes where you need it to go. Yeah. And I actually heard, so I listened to part of The Good Place, the podcast, uh, <sighs> just to get some more. And they had Mike Schur on. And he said that that was like, they didn't cut back and forth. They just did that all with like special effects and blocking which I thought was really neat. And so she goes to Michael and is like, hey, Chidi, uh, I can tell Chidi kind of wants to leave and like, you have to help me get him to stay. And Janet pipes up, who at this point is pretty 
calm and stalwart about everything and so just says like look if if he's ready to go it's his time to go and she's like no 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 like that's not good and we like uh pr- prepare you know the scenario and she's like okay and <laughs> eleanor goes back in to their house and basically grabs chidi in his pajamas and says like let's go on a trip and he's like uh and she takes him to athens <laughs> And they actually filmed they in actually, Europe, apparently. Yes, they actually got to go to Europe. <laughs> it's and, like, ugh. And so they go to the Acropolis, and Chidi is, like, totally geeking out. And Chidi is sort of like, wow, this was so special. I'm really, like, ready to head back. And she's like, nope, still not done. And Janet, a very confused Janet, is like, Paris. <laughs> like, yeah. sort of less than a Paris. And Eleanor's like, I was thinking Six Flags, but this is better. Yeah. And... This is where I started to fall apart. Yeah, oh, yes, this is big uh, breakdown energy here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So they're at this bridge, and yeah, I mean, Paris is gorgeous, and he used to live there, and so she's kind of, they're going down memory lane together, and he's kind of filling her in on his life there, and oh, this is my favorite city, and I used to do this here and that there, and she's very, like, manic, like, oh, we have time to do everything that you want to do, ha 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 ha, right. she, <laughs> and he's just like, Eleanor, I know what you're, what you're doing, and she's like, no, you don't, ha ha, I'm being the best girlfriend <laughs> ever, what are you talking about? Right. And he's like, I'm ready to go, and she's like, nope, no. But you, you don't, or he says, I have to go. She goes, no, you don't have to go. You don't have to. You're, you're choosing, you know, you, you can choose to stay. And it's just this, it's such a relatable feeling of you're like trying to hang on to somebody and they've already left. And it's just like, it was just so heartbreaking. And she has this line about how, like, it used to be, I was on my own and I, I thought I liked it that way, but I don't. And like, what do I do if if you're gone? I like and... being with you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, it's it. I am obviously weeping right now. I'm going to yeah. try to get through this, but there's just something that I wanted to point out about what exactly he says, which is that she's saying like, you don't actually, you know, maybe if you can get over this feeling, right? Like maybe you can, maybe if you just kind of power through it, maybe the other people who left, like left too quickly, Like, maybe Jason left too quickly, and maybe if he had stuck around, that feeling would have gone away. And he says, I've been feeling like this for a long time. And he talks about, I'm I'm sorry that I'm, like, obviously losing it right now. You're making me cry with your emotions. (laughs) (laughs) So, he says it was when they were out to dinner with both of their moms. Yeah. And and, um, I think it was Eleanor's mom, no, Chidi's mom kissed Eleanor on the cheek, and then Eleanor's mom kind of wiped off the lipstick. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know why that did it, but that did it. Like, I was ready in that moment. I was ready to go. Yeah. I mean, and it and it's sort of, I, I can totally understand. Oh my gosh, I'm starting to cry too. I can totally understand why that was the moment because, you know, that's a very emotionally fulfilling moment and something that, like, we've seen in the episode previous with, from Chidi's point of view, We've seen him introduce somebody else to his mom, right? But it, <laughs> yeah, it, it did not go well. But it didn't go well. And so for Chidi to finally have both a romantic relationship and this familial closeness and have his mom and his, you know, partner in life 
really get along with one another and 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 also for for him to see that Eleanor and her mother have clearly like healed in their own relationship because she has said you know obviously they're out to dinner all four of them and then also Eleanor talks about the fact that she goes has gone to coffee with her mom and you know I think tries to do that pretty often like I think that to me makes a lot of sense as to like why that was the moment for him where he's just like this is you know that's the pinnacle for me right and and also the fact that like you know he'd been feeling this way for a while the thing that got me the thing that really like hit me right in in my heart was when she's like you don't have to go and then he kind of capitulates and he says you know what i'll stay yeah and i was like oh no oh like because you know it can't you know you know it's not gonna last like it can't last but it's that last gasp like it i just had in that moment like he loves her so much that he's willing to kind of like sacrifice his own comfort in order to be make her happy and and be with her and kind of quell that anxiety in her and i just like that really really got me and he goes off for a walk by himself and he goes and sees his old apartment and she kind of realizes like, oh God, like, what am I doing? And they, he gets to dinner, they've, they're meeting up for dinner and she says, you know, it would be selfish to make him stay. And she says, I owe it to you to let you go. Right. So she's referencing the Scanlan book. She's saying that I tried to make, you know, the whole Scanlan book is about how you, how like a society makes rules that are acceptable to everybody. And she said, I tried to make a rule that says Cheaties aren't allowed to leave Eleanor's. And that's not fair to Cheaties. Yeah, because it would make Eleanor sad. And I want to speak directly to Mike Schur for a moment and just say, <laughs> how dare you, you, sir? I owe it to you to let you go after three seasons of what we owe to each other. I can't handle that. I can't <laughs> handle it. I cannot handle it. And so then she just she just deci- like decides for herself, I need to let him do this. And they are sharing this beautiful sunset. It's most, it's like the last scene of the last episode, but much more melancholy. And we've seen them. I mean, I think the the thing about this was like, they've seen, we've seen them say goodbye so many times, like hundreds and hundreds of times. Right. And this is the last time. So she's like, I'm really sad. And this is really, really sad. And can you, you know, what can you do to like, give me some wisdom here? And he does this beautiful speech about, how a wave is is just sort of the water returning to the ocean in a different form and it's um, like a buddhist quote i yeah. i don't yeah and this killed me too where she was like just do me a favor just say goodbye oh, to me yeah. now and don't wake me leave up leave before i wake up in the morning yeah and she wakes up and he's left her a calendar <laughs> of like him dressed up as a sexy mailman but if you like if you freeze room on the calendar because it's <laughs> Jeremy Baramy's like the the it's not just squares for days it's there's like V shapes <laughs> yes. and all kinds of nonsense and it's not just mailman he's also dressed up as like a sexy wrestler i think in a sexy librarian <laughs> or something yes you're right and and meanwhile he is walking through the redwoods with Janet and he says a final goodbye to Janet and Janet's like whenever you're ready you can walk through 
And Chidi walks through. And yeah, she offers him to sit on the bench and he doesn't. Yeah, he's ready. He's ready I think to it's go. Ve- it's like very remarkable. To- God, it's a good thing that you're doing this summary. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like falling apart. But like, he has, his character arc has come full circle from the thing that got him into the bad place allegedly being his indecisiveness to making the hardest decision of his existence and like fully owning it and doing it as decisively as is possible. That's a really great point because I think the cheaty from like season two would have sat on that bench forever. Right, exactly. And never made the decision and he doesn't even sit on it. He just goes through. No, he says he has a quietude in his soul, which I was like, well, that's beautiful. And now I'm crying more. (laughs) But like that, he just, he just knows. It's like, they all just kind of have this thing that clicks over in themselves when they know it's time to go. Yeah. And so he, he goes through and of course, because this is the good place and you have this very emotionally charged moment, you have to then have some comedy. So Jason peeks out from behind a tree and he's like, hey, Janet. And we're all Which like, was, what? For a moment, I was like, oh my God, the door doesn't do anything. Do you know what I mean? That's like, what, what I thought. Yeah. I was like, is there something wrong with the door? No, he just never went through it. And he's like, funny story. And he says, yeah. he's like, after you left, I found the necklace in my other pocket. <laughs> Which is like peak Jason. And he says, I wanted to give it to you. And so I just had to wait until you came back. And he basically becomes a monk waiting for her for like thousands of years. Like, right. It's just, another, it's another full circle on the, on the character arc situation. Right, right. Exactly. He, he just allows himself to become one with nature and he spends time alone with his thoughts and he becomes very at peace and contemplative. Yeah. Yeah. And what I loved was he said, you know, like, there were other Janets that came with other people and I always knew it wasn't you and I waited right. for you. And so he... And she actually says to him like, oh, so you became a monk. And he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and he, he gives her the necklace and he says, looks good, not a girl. And then I'm going to start crying. And then he kisses her and then he turns around and he says, um, Chidi, wait up. Right. And he bounds through the door after his friend. And it just is like, just that, I think Jason, we've talked a lot on this podcast about the fact that he's like, sort of the simple child. And he's the simple really, child. I, that's what I thought when I was watching. I was like, oh, the simple child goes through the door. It's he's, but it's very, it's very pure and very lighthearted and like sort of the perfect way. Like he's excited to do this and he thinks that he is is just sort of like gonna be with his friends and not in a way that not in a way that i felt like oh he's in for like a rude awakening when he goes through the door but just this you know his like a oneness like the that the monk has he has become the monk who understands that like the oneness is what he's about to experience i think importantly we don't see what happens to chidi or to jason as they go through the door like we see them go through but the camera very strategically cuts away before you can actually see what happens to either of them. Right. And so I just had this moment of like that line really broke me because it's just how close they've become and, and how, how excited he is to do this thing. Like he's said goodbye to Janet 
and he loves her and he'll love her forever and she'll love him forever and now he gets to he go off it almost felt like he's ready to go off and have another adventure but just in a different form and it was just very sweet and I'm crying. I, I like props to Janet for I mean you can imagine in that moment her being like oh my god you're still a lot well alive quote unquote alive yeah, yeah. you know come with me let's go back you know but she fully understands that there is nothing left for him in the good place right. and that she has and she doesn't she doesn't put up one ounce of a fight she no. just lets him she just lets him sort of go on his journey without yeah. making it any harder for him. Yeah. And so we get some more Jeremy Baramies. We we sort of go forward in time. It's not very and... many. I think it's only about it's only about 3, I think. It's like a, yeah. it's a it's very it's very few compared to the ones that have come before. So you get the sense that Cheedy leaving is still very 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 raw for Eleanor. Yeah. And Michael kind of comes in for a council meeting and Judge Jen tells him that, like, you know, we've disbanded the council. The system is working. And Michael kind of doesn't know what to do with himself. So Judge Jen's like, I've just discovered podcasts, which is like, hello, can can we get a plug for the Good Play Pod on here? <laughs> and so he doesn't really know what to do with himself. He's lost his rock, right? That he's rolling yeah. up the hill. And Eleanor, meanwhile... Is sort of looking for the thing that's going to give her existence meaning after losing Chidi, and so she doesn't feel that quietude. Like she knows. On the one hand, I think she feels like she should be ready to go. I think she feels like my soulmate went into the West. Like why don't I feel like it's my time to go into the West? And so she keeps sort of, she's like a bird throwing herself at a window, just sort of being like. Like, somebody, like, why can't I figure out, like, what it is that's going to kind of set my soul free at this point? Yeah. And Eleanor, she goes to visit Mindy. And she convinces Mindy to abandon her medium place and go through the afterlife test. And she does that by basically saying, like, you're a version of me if I had never met Chidi and the others. And I'll make sure that you, that like uh, Tahani is the person to administer your test. So you have somebody who knows you. And Mindy is like, thank you for caring about me because I haven't cared about myself in a long, long time, which sort of, they are the mirror of one another that, yeah, that Eleanor used to want this existence. I mean, and she says it to Chidi on the bridge, right? She's like, I, I used to want to be alone and that was okay with me I was fine by myself and and now I want to be with you and you can just the whole thread of this show but in particular like the last few episodes has just been what all of these people have meant to each other and and conversely for Mindy what it does to you to be alone for hundreds of thousands of years Right, it's basically torture. And right, and so she's become a very closed-off person, and and her agreeing to go through the uh, go through the the test is a big deal, and she's very grateful to Eleanor. And then you actually see her smile like for real for the first time, and I was like, oh, she's really pretty. Like yeah. I, it had never occurred to me. We've seen her so many times that like, yeah, she's like a you know, she's an actress, but like when she yeah. smiles, you're like, oh, look, she's actually really lovely. But she has just always had this mask of sort like of smirk yeah yeah and like just shutting out the world and when she suddenly like opens herself up you're like oh wow she's a different person yeah yeah and so eleanor thinks that like she should be ready to go through the door and so she goes to like she has janet take her to the redwoods and michael this is <laughs> pops <great>. out 
Michael's like, hey guys, like I feel a quietude in my soul and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so he tries to go through the door. And she's like, you can't just go. Because I was like, oh my God, Eleanor, like we left you. You're leaving without saying goodbye to Michael. What is this? Or we didn't see it. And he just pops up and he's like, I'm, I'm trying to go through the door. And he tries and it doesn't work. Right. And he's and like, so, I'm trying to become a damn one with the damn fabric of the damn universe. My damn essence. And he's, <laughs> and he's trying and he tries again and again. And there is at one point he's like, okay, just don't look. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like physical comedying himself out of the, like yes. behind the tree. Oh my God. It was amazing. And he tries to get on Eleanor's back and like have the two of them go in together. Just what are you doing? And... He figures out that, like, or Janet says to him, like, the door isn't made for you. You're an eternal being. And he's like, oh, man. And Eleanor, from that, <laughs> figures out that her la- what her last mission is. And Eleanor goes to Judge Jen. And Judge Jen! Judge Jen agrees to make Michael into a real human being. And y'all, I was not ready for this. <laughs> I was not ready for this. I was ready, if you'll remember from last week's episode, for Michael to walk through the door and to just yes. be like, bye. My, my, my eternal soul is at eternal peace now. No, no. It is a thousand times more heart-wrenching. How dare you, Michael? Sure. So. He does bear full responsibility for this episode. He did write it. He wrote it and he directed it. Yes. So, fork you, Mike, sure. So... He, they bring him, and I love the way they do it too. They announce it to him. They bring him to a room full of all of his human stuff that he's collected over the years, and they tell him, like the judge has agreed for you to become a real boy, and, Pinocchio, yeah, and you're gonna, you know, become a human being. But we don't know. Like you will have to die, live and die, go through the afterlife test. We don't know if this system is going to be around by the time you die. We don't know what's up. And he kind of just is like, well, you know, that's part of the, not fun, but like that that's part the of mystery, the mystery. I think he says, yeah. The mystery is not knowing what happens when you die and just sort of like having that faith. And Janet takes him through, there's kind of like, what we've seen before, the door to the to Earth is now sort of like more of a bustling afterlife kind of behind the scenes. And Janet takes him to the door and this is where she starts to break down. And I yeah. also had a really hard time with this because, I mean, that's the their sort of core relationship. And she has set up a life for him and is very much, it's, it's, like, a, it's like a mom sending a kid off to college, right? She's yep. sort of like... Okay, but be careful and and don't do this and and try make to a do doctor's this appointment the second you get there. You have blood now, like yes. Are, but it's like, <laughs> and he walks through. And what I loved about his human, we see some of his his human life. And what I love about it is, it's all these references to things that we've like heard him want before. You know, to mm-hmm. say like it's a it's a heat, but it's a dry heat. And he's like. Right. He, walks through and he's like oh it's hot but it's a dry heat and he's like so right. happy to be a human and so Eleanor and Janet are sitting out on the bench drinking margaritas together and they're chatting and Janet says you know I really I, I really wonder how Michael's doing and Eleanor has this like 
beautiful speech punctuated by these moments of Michael's life that we get to see. So her, she's in voiceover and we get to see his life. And I didn't write it down or anything because I was too busy crying. Right. But it's essentially like, I'm sure he's having some really wonderful days. I'm sure he's having some difficult days. I'm sure that he's making friends. I'm sure that he has some people that he can't stand. And he's sort of going through this life. And like, that's what he always wanted. And we see him kind of at each point of her speech, he's doing a different thing. He has a dog with a bow tie named Jason. He named his dog Jason. He is making friends. He is microwaving TV dinners badly. And burning himself on them. Burning himself. and, And he, so at the beginning of the episode, he's playing the guitar. And at the end of the episode, he is finally taking a lesson from a lovely guitar teacher named Mary Steenburgen. (laughs) (laughs) Who basically said, he's like, do you know how long I have been trying to play this chord? And she's like, it's okay to ask for help every once in a while. And okay. (laughs) So Eleanor and Janet hug. Right. So Eleanor has now, Eleanor has now fixed the lives of every, or the afterlives of everybody Basically, who has ever been involved in her afterlife. Yes. Like, she has no one else to help. And so she walks towards the archway. She walks through it. And she dissolves into a bunch of sparkly particles. And some of those particles drift down to Earth. And one of those particles drifts down to an apartment complex where a guy is getting his mail and he throws a piece of mail in the garbage. I love the optimism that Arizona is still going to be an inhabitable place in 50 years. <laughs> is it Arizona? Is he in Arizona? I That was my assumption from the dry heat comment, but who knows? Yeah. And one of this, the, this particle kind of drifts onto that guy's shoulder. And he has a moment where he takes the piece of paper out of the garbage can, takes the piece of mail out of the garbage can, and he walks it over to an apartment very like nondescript apartment building and he knocks on the door and who answers but michael and the guy says i think this is yours went to my mailbox by mistake and he opens it up and it's a like a discount card for like a local supermarket chain which is something that michael has said that he has wanted and he's so overjoyed about it. And by the way, the name on it, thank you, Janet, for this. The, the name <laughs> on it is Michael Realman. <laughs> and the guy says, you know, gave, you know, this was in my box by mistake. And, and Michael is just so overjoyed to get this piece of mail. And he says, oh, I know what this is. And he says, I say, what does he say? I say this from... The bottom of my heart. Well, no, no. First, first the, the random guy says to, you know, Michael's like, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And the guy goes, yeah, yeah, no problem. Take it easy. Mm-hmm. And, the, and that's when Michael says, I say this with all the love that I can muster. And from the bottom of my heart, take it sleazy. <laughs> and that's it. That's the end, y'all. That is the end. <laughs> so that recap took 50 minutes <laughs> or close to it. I mean, we did cry a lot. We cried a whole bunch. <laughs> so now that we've done this, and I and I think, you know, at first I, I thought it would be good just to focus on the three people, but their stories are so intertwined that I think it made right. sense to do all of them together. 
I mean, this was perfect. I don't, I have no negative notes whatsoever. I was too busy crying my face out. Right. I was confused at first as to why Jason's story went the way it did. And then sort of thinking about it more of like, oh, like he actually, like they really tried to close the loop really hard on everybody's storylines. And so it's like, okay, now Jason has become, you know, when we think about Jason in season one, in his bud hole with the Ariana Grande poster and he's playing video games and he's just like the opposite of what Michael has sort of set him up to have to pretend to be and how much it made Jason kind of crazy to have to pretend to be a monk. And, and now Jason has, I mean, matured is a funny word with Jason. (laughs) Yeah. Because I mean, he's, he's, I don't know that he's really any, more mature per se than he was when he died but but his soul has kind of been cleansed i guess over the many many jeremy baramies or whatever and he has gotten to this place of stillness that he just never had uh in life or even in yeah. his early afterlife yeah i mean and i think i'm gonna start crying again because i think as i i love all of these characters so much but i think Jason, we've had so many conversations about the fact that, like, so much of the... Uh, of course, it's... it's His life is a, like, trash bag cartoon, right? It's just <laughs> all of the things that we've heard about his life are so comically over-the-top terrible. But we've had so many conversations. He's inspired on this on this podcast so many conversations about what it means to have to hustle all the time, what it means to not have the basic things that you need and what that does to you and to see him at the end of everything basically because he has all of his needs taken care of he can find that quietude and he can calm down and he can find more more of the stillness in himself because he doesn't always have to be moving and hustling and all that kind of stuff and it it just I think he is a character if you look at if if you look at this finale as as not just a not just a, a bookend for the character itself but also the whole show like this is a character that I think in the hands of a lesser actor in the hands of lesser writers could have been played strictly for laughs all the time and ne- maybe never would have had the growth and he could have just been there for the the laugh lines but i think he really informed the way especially tahani like thought about wealth and generosity and he was so kind even in his like even in all of his nonsense he was he was such a kind (laughs) person right eleanor had some of the same sort of trash bag qualities but she was not kind at the start of Mm -hmm. this and and jason really was always jason certainly never meant well I don't know if I want to say he never meant to hurt anybody because didn't he like set up he speedboat on fire? He, well, <laughs> yeah. he did do that. He did do that. But in the afterlife, you know, to Janet, like that was the thing that attracted Janet to him was his kindness. When nobody yes. else, everybody else treated her as kind of a receptacle and he treated her as a friend. And to see their relationship and to see like how much he, he cares for her and to see also like in the finale for him to say like oh i don't mind if he if she falls in love again like i think right. that would be that would be okay i just don't want her to forget me right 
And that's also a maturation, right? Like he he never had a meaningful romantic relationship on earth. He he tried to marry a police officer so that she couldn't testify against him. <laughs> and he also tried to marry Pillboy so that they couldn't testify against each other, right? But he had this, you know, very meaningful friendship with Pillboy who we do get to see Eugene Cordero's back. But I just I I think in the hands of of a lesser crew and lesser writers and a lesser cast his character really could have been one note and he brought so much depth to it and the writers brought so much depth to it and and he was able to kind of be the character who came from nothing but still had a really good heart and because of his surroundings improving he really got to improve and and find this place in himself that to your point was what what something he would have considered torture you know at when this story began and is now a place that he is completely at peace and i just think it's such a wonderful character arc for him and i love him so much he's what a ding dong but what a sweetie and just really man i'm gonna miss i'm gonna miss him i'm gonna miss everybody i kept i kept dragging around at work today because like you know it's just like a normal day at work just like tip a tap or writing emails and i was like why do I feel so melancholy? And I was like, oh, because like three of my best friends died, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it does sort of feel that way. Oops, I forgot. They're dead. They're like really dead now. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's why, you know, to return for a second to his his last line, he doesn't feel that way, right? Like he feels his last line of like, Cheaty, wait up, right? Like... He's excited. He's he's ready to go on what to him is is another adventure. And but yeah, I mean, for all of us, it's like that's the final goodbye. But he's just right. sort of ready to do it, and it's just, gosh, I have I have got to give Michael Sher props for not so totally sticking the landing right. Mm-hmm. But he also did not soften the blow for us in a way that he could have. So like. Certainly something that I saw bandied around a lot and that came up in, in conversations that I had with people was like, so when you're watching the show, first you see Jason allegedly go, you know, through the doorway. And then you see Tahani choose a different path of I'm going to become an architect. And then you're like, oh, are they all going to choose different paths? Right? Like, is yeah. this a situation where they can kind of each go their own way? And then does reincarnation become something that is on the table. And I guess for Mike, it's not really reincarnation with Michael, right? But it's it's akin to it. But yeah, they could have softened the blow of this episode by showing, you know, you go through the door and, okay, now we cut to a baby being born. Yay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. you could have made it so that we all felt today like, well, they're not really gone. You know, they they went through this whole cycle and now they are, they're, now they're back on Earth and we're going to get, and maybe Chidi and Eleanor will meet each other again in real life and then yeah. they'll be a blah, 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 blah. And they, you know, and Mike sure was like, no, you yeah. know, <laughs> this train actually does stop. There is not, <laughs> it is not, it is not an infinite ride. Like, you yeah. you cycle through sort of the mania of life and then the the slow, gradual come down of the afterlife and then you come to a place of as Chidi says quietude and then you're just done with this version of yourself or you're you're just you're done with your consciousness being in the world at all it's just over and 
he could have soft pedaled it and he didn't and I gotta give him props for that I agree I totally agree and I also think you know he could have soft pedaled it by like what we were talking about even in the last episode let's all link arms and go through together right yes like it's yes that, that certainly would have been easier to take it's that like Winnie the Pooh quote of like I hope if you live like a hundred years I live like you know a hundred years minus a day so that I never have to live without you yeah, like, I, I sort of thought, like, do they all get to go through together so that they never have to be in an afterlife without each other? And no, right? You have to no. watch these these people who you love reckon with the fact that the people they love and the people that arguably have meant the most to them in the entire universe are deciding that it's their time to go. And especially because we're talking about those those three characters, like... You are, and you're watching even the difference between the way Janet handles it because she is this sort of omniscient eternal being versus the way that the humans handle it is, is different. And, but you're watching these characters who, who have gone through all this stuff together have to say goodbye to each other and have to like live in this afterlife without each other. Like I can just imagine after Jason, well, after they assumed he walked through the door, right? They didn't know he was chilling in the forest for all that time. But like, you know, <laughs> after after Jason like walked through that door or went into the forest, like, you know, his dad maybe stuck around for a while. Pillboy maybe stuck around for a while. All of the cockroaches stuck around for a while. And they have to live every day without him knowing that, you know, that's what he chose. And it just is sort of like, it tears you apart a little bit to think about. And it, it's so, as we, I think that's a good kind of way in to the Chidi and Eleanor um, oh God relationship <laughs> and the way that that broke down because, I don't mean actually broke down, I am breaking down, but the way that that kind of played out because, you know, she says to him, like, Tahani's doing her own thing, Jason is gone, I can't hand like basically saying like I can't handle you leaving too, right? Don't leave me alone. Don't leave right. me alone. Like it's you. You are the last one left aside from me. Like, I mean, I guess technically she has Michael and Janet, but there, there's a, there's always been a some somewhat of a divide between the humans and the non-humans. Right. Although I am very very interested in the fact that Eleanor and Michael connecting was kind of like the last moment of the series they have always had a special relationship it they is really true. have but yeah for for eleanor and chidi like this is the first time that either one of them has truly found romantic love in another person and for eleanor oh god i mean i don't even know how to I, you know, I think you said this last night. You were like, this show is supposed to be a comedy. And yes. I'm just like <laughs> losing my mind. Nice comedy. I was just talking to someone today who's like, oh, I watched like the first few episodes of The Good Place. I, I don't know. And I was like, so I think it's the best show that's been on television probably this century. And you definitely need to watch it. But I also have to warn you that in the first season, it seems like kind of like a like a sitcom about like this wacky hijinks. And by the Fourth season, it's about judging the fundamental goodness of the human soul. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like it's not it's not that there's not still funny bits, but like, it's not, I don't know that you can call this a comedy anymore. 
Certainly not the finale. I mean, there were yeah. Some there's fun- not there's not a lot of jokes in this episode. There were, some, there were some funny moments, but for the most part, it was just. I mean, that's the other thing. Melancholy like, AF. Just yeah. Punch after punch after punch. It was not a. It was sort of relentless. Like you just don't get any room to like even get used to the fact that somebody's gone until and and then you lose somebody else. Susan C. tweeted at us to say, and I think I agree with her, that, like, it's a good thing that it has commercial breaks. Because, that was, yeah. like, that was the only time that you actually had to recover from this, like, emotional upset. No, that's so true. I mean, I, should I let you just, like, wail about cheating Eleanor for a while? Oh, boy, Brianna, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just crying now. I don't, I don't, um, I don't really know what to say. It was, um, I might just cut this all out. I don't know. Like, it truly was a Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> it truly was a Shawshank Redemption. Um, it was one of the more beautiful romantic relationships that I've seen portrayed on screen. And and one of the weirder ones, admittedly, because of <laughs> yes. all the, because of all the time loops and memory losing and memory regaining and all that. But, you know, the fact that they found each other and made each other their soulmates was really beautiful. And it was just really hard. It was so hard to feel yourself. Because I think Eleanor was always the point of view character for this show. She was from, you know, the first minute of episode one, season one. And so, like, you put yourself in Eleanor's shoes as she is basically begging him to stay. Oh, God. Yeah. I actually want to say intelligent things about the difference between when Chidi decided, or, I don't know, is decision the right word? I feel like there is actually no decision involved with when you feel like you can go into the West. Like, that it does just kind of click in, and it's not a conscious decision. But I I think that there's really... decision to tell her... No, 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 no. But, but I'm saying that I, I, I kind of want to explore a little bit the difference between the conditions that created the quietude for Chidi versus for Eleanor. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, you know, Chidi, his whole, you know, as much as he as a philosopher was all like what we owe to each other and sort of like moral philosophy, you know, set upon the the stage of like an entire society and, and he created the, you know, the, the, the new afterlife or whatever. As much as that is true, I think it has always been the case that Chidi... How do I how do I say this? Um, Chidi never had the kind of interdependency with the other characters on the show that Eleanor did, right? Like, he, he was close with all of them. Obviously, he was... You know, he and Eleanor made each other their soulmates in the end. But it wasn't... The, the the responsibility that Eleanor sort of always felt, even from the very early days, you know, remember when she was just gonna do all these good deeds and then, like, put herself on the train to the bad place? Yeah. Like, Eleanor's journey has always been from antisocial to pro-social. And... Chidi's journey has not really involved other people almost at all. Like, only other people to the extent that his inner conflicts and turmoil create pain in other people. 
And also so, his inter- his internal conflicts are sort of mirrored and flipped around in other people. Like he watches other people be confident and he wonders why he can't be confident. He wa- he watches other people be decisive, he wonders why he can't be decisive. Right. Yeah. But he he never there's never really a character beat for him in this show where it's about his social relationship to another person, like independent of his own insecurities. I mean, that's a character beat for Eleanor over and over and over again. Her bonding with Michael, her bonding with Tahani. Remember that mm-hmm. whole thing about the, plant? the supernatural plant that I still feel like is unexplained? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Eleanor's bonding with Jason over their, like, common dirt baggery. And Eleanor... <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor bonding with, with Mindy, even in this episode. Like, and Janet, over and over... And Janet's uh, heart is broken. Yes, thank you. Jason. Thank yeah. you. That, like, over and over again, Eleanor's challenge is to form connections with other people. Because she never could do it in life. And even though Chidi had a hard time with that in life as well. I mean, he did have a best friend. But... Overall, Chidi had a hard time being an being like a real authentic and true friend or to a lot of people because of his sort of um, his Kantian inability to lie, <laughs> like the boots. If you remember the boots episode, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, even though that was kind of a part of Chidi's sort of realm in a way, like it's funny to me that in this episode there is nothing nothing about Chidi's relationship with anybody other than Eleanor. He doesn't say goodbye to anybody else. He decides when they're out in Paris, you know, where she, she says, I have to let you go. Yeah. And they sit on the couch and she says, leave before I wake up. Now I'm crying again. He, unlike everybody else, he does not have like the goodbye party. He doesn't say goodbye Mm. to his parents, which like, Oh boy. (laughs) As a mom, I can say bad move, Chidi. Um, (laughs) He doesn't say goodbye to his parents. He doesn't say goodbye to Michael and Janet or Tahani, who's still around, right? Yeah. He's, he has a he, little goodbye with Janet, but only because she brings him to the Redwoods. Yes. Yes. But he just doesn't... He he is very... I don't want to say he's self-contained because what he really is, is he is like fully with Eleanor. Yeah. And it's like, I think he has probably pulled away from a lot of the other relationships in his afterlife as that sort of quietude settles on his soul it seems like the real work for him is in detaching from eleanor Mm -hmm. but he doesn't actually there are no other relationships that he honors as he goes into the west which is you know sort of it's a real compare contrast with eleanor because eleanor can't let go until she has visited like every single person that you know she's met she's along the way yeah. yeah and try to like sh- you know she's like frantically trying to tie up like every loose end it's almost like she's like who's gonna take care of this place when i'm gone right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. she feels an ownership or responsibility like a leadership she was the leader of the cockroaches every time that they needed someone to step up and be the leader it was always Eleanor so Eleanor feels this burden of like this whole good place you know it doesn't run on her but that she feels like if I don't take care of some things like nobody's going to and I think Chidi has had the maybe the privilege in a sense to not have to worry about that as much and for his journey to just be like very 
I don't want to say small, but... More internal. Yeah, exactly. More internal. No, that's a great... You know, I kind of... I really hadn't put that together that he that he doesn't have the same sort of goodbye party that everybody else has and doesn't have a moment with all of the characters where he explains himself. It's really just for Eleanor and because that's his sort of true bond. And and meanwhile, you know, her, her character growth is so much about like you said, all these other people who she's met along the way who have helped her. Chidi is one of the people, I think probably the person who's helped her the most, even from day one, right? Like from moment one. Right. But I would say Michael is a close second. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Yeah. That, that her bond, that she has this really wonderful romantic bond with with Chidi, but, you know... She kind of has this friend bond and also I would say like a familial bond in a way with Michael. Yeah. That, you know, Chidi doesn't really have. No, he absolutely doesn't. Yeah. You're right. I mean, I think Chidi stays like she he he likes all of the he I'm sure he loves all the other characters, but kind of stays at a at a emotional distance, I think to a degree with them. Yes, exactly. And Eleanor and is, sort is the, of the Eleanor is the glue. Eleanor right. is the glue of right. this group, and so she has the closest bond. You know, and any bond with Eleanor is is. Well, let me restate this: like, if you sort of like sum total everybody's bonds with each other, like Eleanor has like the highest t- tally, if you know what I right. mean. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, I think that's really, I, I think that's that's really important because it. I mean, I, I keep, as you were talking, I was thinking about that conversation that she has with Simone at the how at the Airbnb, the H-E-I-R Airbnb that they go, that they go to, uh, in season three, when she's freaking out that the group is going to disband, the, the study group is going to disband. And she kind of has the same type of meltdown that she has on the bridge in, in, in this finale. And she puts her fist through a cake and she says you know, like USA, she chants USA, USA. And she, (laughs) she gets really belligerent at the thought of them all not being together. And so I think even that, you know, that's a a season and a half or two seasons, basically, because that was the beginning of season three, almost two seasons worth of growth from her to, for her to understand not only does she need people and she struggles with the fact that she needs people, but now that she does know she needs people, how does she react to that? In that early season three episode, she freaks out. She insults people. She gets belligerent. She runs away. She hides. And by the time we see her in this episode, she's making the same argument. Don't leave. I need you. I don't want to be alone. And yet she handles it. With, she ultimately handles the truth with so much more grace and composure and love and compassion in her heart. You know, and even the sort of even her frantic bid to get Chidi to stay, it's not it doesn't come. It comes from a place of of the same place of a fear of abandonment, but she doesn't lash out. She tries to get him to stay by showing him how much he loves. She loves him. Yeah, her vulnerabilities. Right, exactly. Rather than, well, I don't need you anyway. And ugh. 
I don't want to be around you. Mm. She try. She really tries to get him to stay, and and the fact that she is able to let him go says a lot about her own character growth in in this amount of time that she understands that she needs other other people but she also understands that like that's not enough you know you don't we all need each other but you know i I think it's ultimately the most loving thing she could do is to let him have his own journey and i don't think she was prepared for that you know two seasons ago and now she totally no it's so funny that you know chidi's chidi introduces what we owe to each other to the group and it's like the big theme of his lecture that gets put on YouTube that Eleanor sees when she gets put back on Earth. And yet at the end of the show, really the only one who is truly concerned about what we owe to each other is Eleanor. You know, mm. Jason just is like, you know, the air inside my lungs and the air outside my lungs feel the same and I gotta go and everybody, you know, peace out, you know, bye. And Chidi's just like, quietude in my soul, gotta go, bye. And Michael tries to pull the same stunt, right? Like, <laughs> quietude yeah. in my soul, blah, 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 gotta go. Right. It, you know, Eleanor is the only one who sort of really fully takes in, like, this is the end. And anything that I don't do now might never get done. And so what do I owe to the others before... I go into the West. You know, it, you don't see that reasoning from anybody else. Not even Tahani, who, you know, ultimately doesn't go into the West. And so you could argue, well, she's still, she has an eternity to do whatever she wants. But the social obligations piece is only uh, part of Eleanor's journey. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, she really, it is night and day. I mean, obviously that's the point, but it's just. Right. Again, I think if you think about these characters from a writing perspective and an acting perspective, I'll say, you know, like Jason just could have been played for laughs. I think Eleanor could have been a lot less likable, a lot less charming. I mean, it is Kristen Bell. (laughs) Sure. That's true. She's princess Anna. I think you mean queen Anna, the usurper hashtag frozen two spoilers. Okay. (laughs) You know, but I I think she could have been just it, it, she could have been a tougher watch, right? Like, you know, she's... I, I think with a drama, like, the anti-heroes that you get mm. are, are a yeah, lot Yeah, but that's tougher. not Mike Sure. No, 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 no. No, obviously not. But we were just talking about, like, the you know, the fact that this is a comedy, but this episode doesn't really feel like that. You know, it, it's... She is... Her, her character arc has just been so amazing and i think you're right she she is really the because she's the point of view character has all these really really pivotal relationships with every other character and has to be sort of the linchpin for everybody and you know even and i i was thinking about the way she was saying goodbye to tahani like tahani kind of the last thing on her list is to problematically objectify eleanor Oh yeah, like that's the way that she knows that she's ready to like move on to the next thing, and just to see even their relationship. Like Tahani literally says to her, "Like the only reason that I am who I am today is because of you, right? Because you love me, Celine Dion, right? And could you ever imagine Eleanor being a role model for anybody on Earth? (laughs) I have some, I have some metaphysical questions, you know. So I, I think I should say that." 
certainly when I saw like the golden sparks fly up or whatever, I was like, oh, it's the Amber Spyglass. So yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is a series that Brianna and I have referenced roughly 10,000 times <laughs> making this right podcast. Right up Supernatural. Yeah, basically. It's a, it's a three book series. There are now some additional books, but the core books are a three book series. Uh, the series is called His Dark Materials. The books are called Golden Compass, Subtle Knife, and Amber Spyglass. And an Amber Spyglass, and I will say that when I think back to endings that made me cry as hard as this one did, uh, it's on an extremely short list, and the Amber Spyglass is also on that extremely short list. It's yes. probably five or fewer things. Five or fewer endings to a serial piece of art that, you know... Uh, have made me sort of uncontrollably sob. And and it's sort of the same thing in Amber Spyglass. You die and your ghost exists and then you have to go through a, like a little test and then there is no good place in uh, the Amber Spyglass. But you kind of go through this window and then your essence kind of turns into golden flakes and kind of, you know, spreads across the, the reality that this window is in. And so because of the parallels, which I think are pretty strong, I was sort of thinking like, you know, in the Amber Spyglass, a great deal of hay is made out of the fact that like, actually the fact that these souls haven't been able, for complicated reasons, these souls haven't been able to like make this journey for millennia or something. And it's actually been sort of like leeching the world of goodness in a certain way. And I'm kind of thinking to myself like, oh, all of these souls, all these human souls have been stuck in not necessarily stuck in the bad place, but sort of stuck in the afterlife for thousands or maybe even tens of thousands of years. Now that we have people going through the door, because it seems like we're not aware of, it seems like most people choose to go through the door eventually. Is that the impression that you got? That's the impression I got. Yeah. Throughout the the episode, you hear like this person went through the door. That person went through the door. Shakespeare goes through the door. Doug Forsett goes through the door. Right. That, yeah. It's an expected part of this process, I think it's fair to say. And it's not like, you know, maybe some people don't, but it, it's just sort of like, it becomes almost like cocktail chatter for them. Like, it's normal, it's expected, people go through the door at some point. Right, and I think it, I, I think Eleanor, Eleanor, for everybody else, if she hears like, oh, Doug Forsett went through the door, or Shakespeare went through the door, she's always like, it's, it's for the best. It was for the best that he did that. Right. And it's only when... It's someone that she knows and loves that she has this, that kind of like, no, 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 reaction, right? right? Which makes sense. But so, so, but I guess my point is like, now that you have these sparks of goodness going into the real world, are we sort of positing a future that is suddenly like way better? Do you know what I mean? Like that all of this like pent up soul energy finally comes like pouring back to earth and all of a sudden... You know, there's just all this, like, positive energy coming to the living via the dead. Well, maybe. I mean, I think that's sort of implied with that little shoulder touch at the end where he's inspired to... This this random guy at this apartment complex is inspired to do a good thing, like, you know, that's slightly inconvenient to him, but makes somebody else really happy. Um, No, certainly that's the implication from this one spark of Eleanor that lands on this guy. But I'm sort of talking like on a larger scale, do we expect that the world all of a sudden gets like a lot better because you kind of have all of these dead people sparks (laughs) flying around? I don't know. I think that would be an interesting 
An interesting, an interesting fanfic to write. Yes, get on it. Ao three. <laughs> um, so we're already kind of running long, yeah. and I know that I said that I wanted to read some listener feedback, but I think we can save that for next week because next week we're not going to have the sort of the time eater of the recap. So I think the only thing I'm going to read is the the rating and review that we got. Okay. The username is Carlybug. The title is the podcast equivalent of four-day weekend flavored frozen yogurt. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Also, I want to eat that yogurt. Me too. The best review I can think to give these ladies, as a massive fan of The Good Place myself, is that I would always rather listen to this podcast than the actual official Good Place podcast. Wow. Also, I know, right? Also, more Marvel musings, please. Hilarious. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Do I gotta watch the first to... Ant-Man movie? <laughs> is that in response to that one guy who's like, why do you watch Marvel movies if you hate them so much? <laughs> no, I think it's just genuine. I guess we have to watch all the Marvel movies oh, now. Cool. Maybe maybe one a year. Okay. <laughs> the rest of our lives. <laughs> Until we two go into the West. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I I think that's the end of this half. Do you agree? Yeah, I guess we'll talk more about Michael and Eleanor's relationship next week. Because we'll talk about Michael next week. Right. Yeah, I... Man, I feel like there's so much more to say. I'm really glad that we're splitting this up. Because I honestly don't think we could have... No way. All six plot lines in in even... We're close to 90 minutes at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, if we get to next week and we get to the end of the episode and we're still, like, we still want to talk about this, like, nobody, like, we can do whatever we want. That's true. <laughs> we could talk about this for the next six months. It's fine. <laughs> How many Jeremy Baramies you got before we are, yeah. Yeah, 7,000, I think. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I'm, I'm done for now. I'm sure in the next week we're going to have some more things to talk about. But just just to give you an idea of where we were at, like, we were watching this in separate places and Marissa texted me just a, just a gif of somebody crying on a couch. And then I texted her back a sobbing gif. And we were just like, man, we're just too, we're not doing well. everybody." <laughs> I really encourage everybody to look at the good play pod Twitter yes. account oh my just gosh. from last, because you will just see me utterly mental breakdown, f- having a complete breakdown. Uh, yelling about how I'm too sad to live, which is true. <laughs> it continues to be true. All right. I mean, you know, until next time, just hold on to your hats, guys, because we're not done talking about this episode yet. We will see you next time, Ding Dong. We're not done yet. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. So he makes... Wait, time out for a second. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting bleed through Jeff's headphones. Okay. Can you turn it up?
Can you turn your headphones down? Oh no, okay. Or plug them in. I don't it's pretty loud. Is that better? Is that better? Okay, I'll ask where is it. Can you still hear it? Hold on a second. I mean I uh a little but it's better. Uh I definitely were hearing before I was like wabba 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 <laughs> 